Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, Venture Podcasters, welcome back to Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I want to just thank you for joining us today because we are wrapping up our series of How Sweet the Sound. And so I believe that if you are listening uh, right now, wherever you are, I believe that you are listening for a reason and a purpose, and you are where you're supposed to be at this moment in time. And with that said, my prayer is that God will show you, maybe reveal you, give you some evidence of what that reason and purpose might be. So uh, again, we're wrapping up the series called How Sweet the Sound, and what we've been doing is we've been uh, taking these great hymns of Christian faith and contextualizing them. Uh, We bring a little bit of their meaning and understanding to the song. We tell a little bit about their stories uh, behind them and everything. And so what's happened over the last three weeks is uh, this deep sense of God's presence and his teaching to our souls has come through these songs. I've had many people make comments, um, write-in comments, uh, call from our local church, and and all kinds of different stuff of how this... um, this series is meant to them and what it's taught them. And, and so I hope today will be no different. Um, this series reminds me of how music is good for the soul, right? Isn't it though? Uh, music makes fun times more fun and exciting, and it makes those hard times some sometimes a little more bearable. You know, music is good for the soul. So today we're going to be looking at a song entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. Uh, today's message is for those of us who are actually all of us, uh, because every single one of us has to deal with loss, with suffering, with maybe an injustice or pain or discouragement. Maybe you've questioned your circumstances and said, why are we where we are today? You know, And even asked the question, God, where are you in all of this? And so the key verse I want to use today comes from the book of Psalms. Uh, I believe and pray that it will resonate with you, uh, that by the time we get done with this uh, through this podcast today, that this will overflow out of your mouth and and during the course of your week and your weeks to come, uh, this will be a huge impact for you. It comes from Psalm 34 and in specifically verse 18. Here's what it says. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. It is Well With My Soul was written by a man named Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a successful lawyer in Chicago, Illinois. He had five children, a son, and and four daughters, and was married to a, a woman named Anna. Now, everything was going just fine for the Spafford family up until the point that a son gets pneumonia and dies. And the loss of a child for a parent uh, is something that I just can't imagine the depth of that that pain. Uh, unfortunately, his loss continued. He was a great lawyer, and he had many real estate properties in Chicago that subsequently a year uh, later got burned down in the great Chicago fires. All of his investments are lost. And reeling from the loss of his son and then the financial ruin he endured, uh, he decides with Anna, his wife, to say, hey, Let's decompress and let's go on a vacation. Let's get away. Let's go on a vacation. And so let's take a European vacation. So they plan a trip with their four daughters to Europe. 
And right before the trip was to happen, Horatio finds out that uh, there's an urgent matter of business that needs its attention at the law firm. And so he tells Anna, his wife, hey, listen, you take the girls and you just go on and go ahead. I'll be about two days behind you. It's not going to be that big of a deal. I'll just get on the next boat and I'll be right there. You guys go ahead, start having a, a good time. And they get on the boat and start heading towards Europe. And on the way, the boat is struck by another sailing vessel and sinks, drowning all four of their daughters. Anna has happened to be picked up by another sailing vessel on a piece of wreckage that she found. And she has taken a card of wells where she sends this telegram to Horatio. And she says in it, saved alone, what shall I do? Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately packs a bag, jumps on the very next boat to Cardiff Wells, and on the way, the, on the way there, captain of the, the captain of the ship calls out to, to Horatio and tells him to come up to the bow. And, and so he tells Horatio at this time, this is the place where your daughter's vessel was struck and where they drowned. And in the vicinity of that place, and in the midst of all that pain, Horatio Spafford pens the lyrics to, It is well with my soul where he writes these words to the psalm. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now, if you're like me, you're asking yourself right now, how does anybody write those lyrics in the middle of the pain that, that we just described? The truth of how this, this occurs is very, very deep. It's very personal and very intimate. But it's found in the song that we talked about, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So perhaps today you find yourself in a marriage that you believed was going to go the distance, but the foundation of it is crumbling at your feet and you're asking, what shall I do? Maybe it's the tragic loss of a, of a loved one. You're trying to figure it out. God, where are you in this scenario? Maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's to a substance, or perhaps images that you're addicted to, and, and you're scared to death, and you might be asking yourself, what is going on in my life right now? What we need to understand is even in the middle of our pain, God is still present, because he is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I remember a time in my own life when I, when I found myself in the middle of uh, quite a bit of pain, uh, I remember a time in my own uh, life where, where I, I, I just really was in this position of not understanding where it was going in, on in my life. You know, it just really hit me. And, and I've maybe have shared this story on this podcast before, maybe not. Uh, I know there's a few people that are listening that has probably heard this, but um, I'd have never really shared the whole story either. And so what happened just a few years back in August of 2017 I received a phone call around 11 p.m. from my brother. Uh, he shared with me the most horrific news that my, my nephew Cody was just pronounced dead in a car accident. And my heart immediately sank, and I, and I began to cry. And then I had to go and, and share the news to my wife and daughter and, and my son, which, who was not only my cousin, you know, my son was not only his cousin, but he was his best friend, and I had to share this news. And shortly after all this, I began to ask God, why? And how can you let this happen? You know, where are you? You see, just a month before the accident, I had the privilege of attending with Cody uh, to a summer camp for youth. Uh, he was the last, it was his last camp that he was able to go to because he was a graduating senior. And uh, during that time, Cody gave his life to, to ministry, to the ministry. And, and him and I prayed together and we began to 
uh, talk about what we could do or he could do in the in the youth program here at Chandler and he committed wholeheartedly to it and and we even made a space in our basement for him to crash on on Wednesday nights so that uh, he could stay after work and and go to youth and and be there and then get up and go in the work in the morning and stuff and and uh, so he could get all into the youth program and and do his ministry and and so why I began to ask why would our God our great God take someone from us that wanted to teach others about who Jesus is. God, where are you in this? What is happening? I, I don't understand. And I was upset, and I was frustrated. I was angry. I was bewildered. Uh, all these emotions were just swirling around, trying to figure out, where are you in this moment, God? Where, what are you doing? What, what's going on here? And so let me pause in my story for just a moment and, and just say, there's probably some of you going through some very, very difficult things right now. And you can begin to feel like you, that you have to act like everything's um, good and, and put on a smiley face. But listen, it's all right not to be all right. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be honest with God and tell him about how you feel because he's big enough for that. He can handle that. And, and you need to be honest by asking God the questions that torment your mind. Where are you in this? And I don't understand this. And this wasn't in the script. And, and now all of a sudden I'm here, God, why? You know. And so even in the middle of this tragic moment of my life, I found this place with God. And I said, I need my faith. God, do something special. And he did. It wasn't immediate, but it wasn't long that I began to see that he was using Cody for ministry. And I was able to talk to kids and adults alike about Cody's death and life and what the ministry meant to him, what Jesus meant to them. And, and, and so he, his message, Cody's message, lives and continues today. And it was out of that that I learned that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those crushed in spirit. I got it. It went from my head to my heart. It went from my head to my heart. And for those of you today who are going through those difficult times, I pray that the truth drops down from your head and into your heart and then sinks deep into your spirit that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Oswald Chambers had a great quote that I love where he said, any great calamity in the natural world, death, disease, bereavement, will awaken a man when nothing else would and is never again the same. We would never know the treasure of darkness if we were always in the place of security. Now, you might be asking, what does this mean? What does he mean by the treasures of darkness? It seems to me like that's an oxymoron, right? I don't understand. I, I don't understand because darkness is bad, right? Well, yes, it can be unless you, it's pushing you to the presence of the light of God. It's a treasure in the darkness when you begin to understand that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. <clears throat> when the truth just transcends your mind and goes to your soul, it does become a treasure in the midst of pain and in the darkness. You see, when, we, when you walk through something that is dark and hard and, or even a valley or, or you do something, uh, go through something that's, that's scary to you, when you're walking with somebody you love, what do you do? You know, don't you, don't you step a little bit closer to them? You know, kind of nuzzle up to them, like protect me, you know? You're like, I need to be close to the person right now, right? It's the same way with God. For those of us who walk with Christ, we see problems a little bit differently because even though we ask the questions, ultimately we begin to turn back to God. We might say, well, where are you, God? And then you go, 
wait a minute, God, okay, okay, you're here, okay, I believe you're with me in this moment, and you walk and you get closer to God. Psalm 73 says, the nearness of God is my good. The nearness of God is my good. You could say that it's a treasure in the darkness. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. A treasure in the darkness. The nearness of my God is my good. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so as I survey the context of the scriptures and I look at all the biblical characters that are out there, it's amazing to me when you look at their lives, the pain and the hardship that they endured. You could take any number of, of different characters. You could talk about Noah, Abraham, or Isaac. You could talk about Moses, David, Elijah, Peter, Paul. The list goes on and on and on of these characters who have endured pain and understood God's presence in the middle of it. But none uh, perhaps more profound than that of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was the sinless son of God, falsely accused, sentenced to be flogged and then crucified. He was stripped of his clothing. Lots were cast by the Roman soldiers for his garments. He was then beaten within every inch of his life. A crown of thorns was placed upon his brow. He was the, then made to carry the cross up the hill. He was then put on that cross and nailed to it with spikes through his hands and his feet. He was lifted up. A sign was placed above him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And people looked on and they spit at him and mocked him. And they said, He saved others. Let him save himself now. The creation mocking the creator. That's a lot of pain, right? It's a lot of pain. In the middle of all that physical pain, though, there was also the consequences, the weight of the sins of humanity, both mine and yours, the sins of all humanity placed upon him, consequences bore on him. And in that moment, we see what is written in the book of Matthew, Matthew 27, verse 46. Listen to what he shares. And I know you've heard this before, but listen to it. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? You ever feel like that? I'm sure you do. The truth today is we have to be able to listen clearly, clearly to Jesus when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It has multiple purposes. Number one, in his humanity, yes, there was pain, significant pain that he was enduring, both physical and spiritual. You know, God, where are you? But even more profound than that is not only is he 100% man, he's also 100% God. And in his deity, he is proclaiming something far greater than, God, where are you? You see, Jesus was a rabbi. And rabbis in ancient times taught by saying the first line of a text that they wanted their followers or students to know. And in an oral teaching tradition, people spent copious amounts of, of time remembering and reciting scriptures. And so by saying the first line of the scripture, they would know that everything underneath that that flows out is truth from that rabbi in that moment. It's kind of like in, in today's times, if I were to say the first line of one of your favorite songs, you would remember every single verse. It's like it recalls all those thoughts to your mind about that song, where you were and all that, right? It would be true that when a rabbi would say the first line, everything that came underneath that would be true. And in this moment, Jesus is pointing at everybody who is watching his death upon the cross. He is pointing them towards a prophetic and messianic uh, psalm known as Psalm 22. And everybody there, as he proclaims that truth, would have known it to be true in their hearing, watching Jesus on the cross. Listen to what he said. It's from Psalm 22. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read quite a bit of it, uh, starting with verse 1. 
My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. Verse 8, he relies on the Lord. Let him save him. Let the Lord rescue him, since he takes pleasure in him. It was you who brought me out of the womb, making me secure at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Then on to verse 15, my strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count, on all, I can count all my bones. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away, for my strength came come quickly to help me. Verse 22, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to help for him. And then verse 27, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness. To a people yet to be born, they will declare what he has done. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's not a question by Jesus of God's presence. It's actually a proclamation of his goodness in the middle of a trial, that in the middle of the pain, that that is a treasure in the darkness. When the darkest hour of humanity was upon us, the Savior of the world hung upon a cross, and the world watched with bated breath as to what would happen. Understand this. There was no darkness of any tomb that could contain the treasure and the power of his resurrection, for he has done it. Jesus has died and risen from the grave so that we could have life in the middle of your pain. God is still present because he is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And for some of you, maybe many of you, the truth of the next lyrics that I'm about to read is exactly why God has brought you here, to understand those truths. It's why Horatio Spafford can write in this verse, My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part by the whole thing, is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. It's a treasure in the darkness, and in the middle of your pain, God is still present. Now, you know, if you look at the circumstances that you're facing, and they might not even be monumental. For some of you, they are. They might be big. They might be small. For some of you, they're subtle. But but they're still the collateral impact of struggle, of pain, of loss and brokenness. It can be all-consuming, and they may not feel like a treasure. And so if you're in this place today, and you're like, I need prayer, I need to experience the presence of God in this situation that I'm going through, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you just make a comment for us? Put a comment in wherever you're listening to this to this podcast, and just put a comment in, and, and we, will, we will, you don't have to put all details or anything, just say, hey, I need prayers, I'm so-and-so, I need prayers, and we'll pray for you. We can do that, okay? Wherever you are, just put that in there. 
All right, and, and let us know, and that's what we want to do. And so I'm going to ask to kind of close this up today. I don't normally pray while we're doing the podcast. Uh, I just kind of give a message. But today, because I know there's people out there that just need prayers today. And so I'm going to give a quick little prayer to close up our message and our series today. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us all here, wherever we might be listening to this podcast today. Father, there's many people out there that just need prayers today. Whatever is placed upon their heart, whatever they have going on in their lives, uh, whatever it be big or small, uh, whatever subtlety it might be. Father, I just lift them up to you. I pray that you'll, you'll uh, intercede in your due time, uh, for it's your, your discretion of what is being done. And so when it comes to that, I ask for patience. I ask for uh, guidance in, in all situations. And so, Father, we just lift everybody up to you of, of the things that they need this morning or wherever they might be. Father, we thank you so much for your son, and we thank you for the gift that you've given us through your son. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We also wrapped up our series of How Sweet the Sound. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm looking forward to next week as we start a new series called Parenthood. And we're going to be looking at how we raise godly kids in this culture today. So my hope is you will be able to join us starting next week. We'll talk to you then. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at ChandlerAcresChurch.com.